0: What a joy it is to be together today, and it's so nice to see the choir back in uh, full capacity back here. It's not as lonely up on the chancel anymore. So nice to see all of you singing together and leading us in worship. This morning, we're beginning a new summer sermon series on the Psalms. It's a lot of S's. Uh, Each week throughout the summer, we'll be focusing on a different psalm beginning today and all of its rich and beautiful images. The Psalter is the prayer book of the church. And so I think it will make a fitting summer series. So now as we turn our attention to the reading and proclamation of God's word, will you join me in a word of prayer? Let's pray. O Lord, from generation to generation, you are God. And from generation to generation, your spirit speaks to us through your holy scriptures. So speak to us now once again. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to your church gathered here today for we ask in the name of jesus christ the word made flesh amen the new testament lesson today comes from the book of philippians the first 11 verses the apostle paul wrote philippians from his prison cell anticipating his pending execution It is sometimes thought to be Paul's love letter to the church. It's his most compassionate and warm letter, and it does reflect uh, the wisdom of Paul's old age written to those he loves. So I invite you now to listen for God's word as it comes from Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. To help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. And the sermon text today comes from Psalm 71, verses 1 through 9 and 17 through 24. More will be said later in this series about the presence of the wicked and enemies in the Psalms. But for now, suffice it to say that there is a long uh, tradition in Christianity of reading the enemies and the wicked in the Psalms as anything that might come between you and God. So even if you can't relate to being pursued by physical enemies, perhaps in the way these psalmists could, nevertheless, Christians have always seen their own spiritual growth present in these prayers, that nothing would separate them from the presence of God. So now I invite you to listen once again for God's word. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, with your glory, all day long. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength is spent. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me. Until I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, O God, reach to the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have rescued. All day long, my tongue will talk of your righteous help, for those who tried to do me harm have been put to shame and disgraced. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God at some point in our lives birthdays stop being exciting things have you noticed this i started to notice it myself my last birthday i was a little bit grumpy about getting older and it never used to be this way it's not when you turn 16 and get your driver's license for the first time or when you turn 18 and can legally operate a forklift or fly a hot air balloon at 21 we can order wine in restaurants if you're with your parents and they're buying. At 25, we can rent a car at the lowest standard rate. And at 35, we can run for president. That one's still coming for me. When we're young, birthdays are cause for celebration. But after a while, they become dreaded reminders that we're getting older, right? I know we've all seen birthday cards that make jokes on the assumption that getting older is a bummer. One card I saw recently said on the front, you're not getting older, you're getting better. But on the inside it said, better discounts. (laughs) But beneath this lighthearted humor about aging lies a more concerning disregard in our society for what ought to be an honored and dignified process. Our culture's neglect for those growing older is not necessarily malicious. Sometimes older folks are simply overlooked forgotten. Sociologists offer various reasons for this. Older people are less likely to live among family and more likely then to become increasingly isolated. The decline of participation in organizations and clubs among the young means that people are less likely to spend time around older folks outside of their own families. And these days it seems like our society in general tends to invest less in relationships we know a, f- a smaller range of people well, but here's where the gift of church really comes into play, right? Because when you think about it, one of the things that makes churches unique among other institutions is our culture. In our culture, is that churches are beautifully intergenerational, right? Just look around the room today. Churches can and should be places where people of all ages are valued where the elderly are honored and where the young learn from the old. In our church, at least four generations are well represented, sometimes within a single family. Here you'll find people in their 80s baking cookies for college students. Here you'll find 15-year-old confirmands learning from 75-year-old confirmation mentors. Here you'll find babysitters among the newly retired willing to give the parents of toddlers the gift of a date night. Intergenerational friendships are beautiful things. In our psalm text today, the psalmist affirms that God works through people of all ages and generations to cultivate faith and to declare knowledge of God's love. This psalmist of Psalm 71 is clearly growing older. She's clearly lived through a number of trials and tribulations And yet she sees her old age as an asset to her community. The psalmist knows that the older she becomes, the more important her proclamation about God becomes to subsequent generations. She has stories to tell about God's faithful presence throughout her life. The psalmist declares, Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all generations." What a beautifully articulated vocation for those among us who are growing older, to proclaim God's wondrous deeds and God's might to subsequent generations. The proclamation of the gospel carries with it a certain weight that corresponds with age. Those who are older have an irreplaceable proclamation to contribute in the life of the church. Now, we don't always remember or acknowledge the value of their proclamation as much as we should. Younger people don't always slow down and listen long enough to the stories and the insights of older people. And older people don't always think they have much to contribute to the lives of those who are younger, or the life of the church. But both of these are mistakes, my friends, costly mistakes. Both the young and the old often hold a common misconception that younger people don't want to be friends with older people, but this is simply not the case. In fact, the consistent presence of at least five adults of any age in the life of a teenager is a strong predictor of success as that youth becomes an adult. Young couples who are mentored by, or at least consider and admire the long-term marriage of an older couple are better able to navigate the challenges associated with becoming married. Intergenerational relationships are so valuable because older people have something indispensable that only comes with age and experience. Of course, I'm talking about wisdom. It's the wisdom of the age that makes their proclamation about God so valuable to subsequent generations. Now, from the standpoint of psychology, older people have wisdom simply because their brains have processed more information throughout their lifespan, right? The more situations we observe and navigate, the more patterns our brains recognize, and so the better equipped we become to understand and make predictions about new situations. From this perspective, there's nothing mystical about wisdom. It's simply the product of our brain's long process of adapting to our environment. But from the standpoint of theology, older people have wisdom because of God's blessing. Throughout the scriptures, the elderly are lifted up as a valuable asset to their communities because they have knowledge and experience to impart to others. Gray hair is celebrated in the scriptures because it indicates the elusive presence of wisdom in a person which elevates their status. Do you think about your gray hair that way? Proverbs 16.31 says, Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is gained through a righteous life. Little wonder then that gray hair was one of the hottest trends of 2020. And many young people are even dyeing their hair gray. Apparently Kylie Jenner started the trend in 2017. But I've had streaks of gray since high school. So really, I'm the trendsetter. And I'm just glad Kylie and the other youngins are finally realizing what I've known all along. That gray hair is dignified and cool. Friends, the point is this, the gray-haired among us have an important role to play in the ministries of the church, and their age is an asset, not a drawback. They have wisdom to share and proclamation to make about God, and we all do well to listen to and honor them. I don't know of any church that doesn't talk earnestly about expanding the membership of families and young adults. And given the demographic trends in our society, it's reasonable to focus our attention on that age group. But we should never do so at the expense of those who have been around for decades, those who by their faithfulness with time, talent, and treasure have laid the very foundation to which we long to draw new people. Our older members still have much insight to contribute and much wisdom to share about God and about the life of faith. As a pastor, I have been privileged to be the recipient of much proclamation of God's mighty deeds firsthand. When I was an associate pastor for pastoral care, I spent much time in living rooms and rehab facilities and hospital rooms listening to stories of perseverance and strength, of challenges that were later overcome, just like those articulated by the psalmist in Psalm 71. And in my own life, I've gained a great deal of strength from the assurances of those who are living proof that the challenges of today will fade as we grow into tomorrow with faith in God's steadfast presence. As a pastor, I've seen older people lead change and been inspired by the elderly who put their money where their mouth is. I've seen older people rush fearlessly into traumatic situations in hospitals or in homes in order to be support to other church members. I've seen peace in the midst of physical decline and grace, in the midst of mental decline and courage in the face of death. All of these things are of crucial importance. They're blessings to the rest of the community of faith. It's true that as folks get older, they don't always have the energy or the ability to serve in the same ways that they may have served all throughout their adult life. There does come a time when it's too exhausting to be a Sunday school teacher or sing in the choir or serve another term on session. Part of the wisdom of growing old is knowing when it's time to let certain things go. But the great thing about the vocation of proclaiming God's mighty acts to the next generation is that it's more about being than it is about doing. The simple presence of older people, the wisdom of their words, and the peace of their presence. It makes a tremendous contribution to the building up of the body of Christ. Sometimes people who have been doers throughout their lives struggle to feel useful in old age when they can't always do the things they've always done. But friends, the good news is it's not always about doing. It's also about being. Don't underestimate the strength and value of presence. To those who are older, we are so glad that you are in our midst. We know that growing older comes with a certain set of challenges, and the aging process is not always easy to deal with. But the scriptures teach us that growing old is a gift from God, something to be celebrated. Growing old should not be taken for granted, and should be marked as a milestone for which God is worthy of praise. And growing old is a gift to those who are younger, for it provides continuity from generation to generation, and a powerful witness of faith to be passed on. So whatever age you are, whether you're turning 100 or you're a small child, celebrate your birthday. Count it a blessing when your hair turns gray. And never ever assume that God is, that you've outlived your vocation or your calling, because God is always looking for new proclamations to make about God's might through the wonder of your presence.